Hi, I'm Luann Botta, and I'm Marianne Crum. You know, lots of things may be in short supply these days, but hope doesn't have to be one of them. Join us for the next 30 minutes or so, and we'll remind you how you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi. A few weeks ago, Luann and I were talking about what subject we should tackle for our next series of podcasts. And Luann said, hey, I think we need to do a series on rejection because a lot of people, well, really all of us have to deal with it at one time or another. So I said, sure, it sounds great. Well, I was uh, after that sometime looking at a list of the podcasts that we had already done and I realized, hey, wait a minute. We already did a series on rejection about a year ago, but as it turns out, Luann was going to be doing some traveling in the month of July, and it was going to be a little bit hard for us to get together to record, so we thought, okay, summer is time for reruns, right? That was what always happened when I was a kid. All of my favorite TV shows would go into reruns for the summer. So we really feel like more than just being a convenient excuse to share with you some reruns, that that God really wanted us to re-air this series on rejection. And I pray that it will encourage you and bless you. And most of all, even in the midst of a difficult experience like rejection, that you will still keep unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. I want you to guess who these people are. And so Luann doesn't know either. We never know what we're going to say. All right, here's a quote. He was cut from his high school basketball team and once said, I have missed over 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I have missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Michael Jordan. Yeah. (laughs) That one was too easy. But he's my favorite. Okay, here's another one. He was rejected from the University of Southern California School of Theater, Film, and Television three times. He was eventually accepted by another school, but he dropped out. Oh, I don't know. Steven Spielberg. Wow. I know. Okay. I bet Southern California is wishing they had those (laughs) donations now. (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) Okay, another one. After a performance at Nashville's Grand Ole Opry, he was told by the concert hall manager that he'd be better off going home and driving trucks. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know. I'm thinking of the one that's married to that popular girl, but what's his name? Garth Brooks? Yes, Garth Brooks. No, it was Elvis Presley. <gasps> oh, my. I know. Okay, last one. He was fired from the Kansas City Star newspaper because his editor said he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. Walt Disney. Oh! <gasps> <gasps> I know. Oh my so when you hear the stories of that is good. super famous people yes. like that who made it big, sometimes we forget that they had to push through a whole sure lot of rejection. And that's going to be our topic for probably a couple podcasts. Yes. Rejection. Yes. How do we handle it? People in the Bible that experienced it. Yes. How can we be careful not to be the one who is rejecting people? That's right. 
We were just talking about how our world is full of this now because of social media. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, when we were younger, you didn't have people that didn't respond to you and didn't, didn't like, didn't your, like post. your post and, you know, put a thumbs down or argued with you about something that you might have said yeah. that causes rejection. And we didn't have that. No, I mean, it's really, everywhere. it was just if somebody didn't return your phone call yeah. or ask you to do something, but yeah. now it's been multiplied. It's multiplied. And we also have to be careful and be aware we can cause that feeling of rejection oh, very and much so. so we're going to talk about all this yes. stuff yes one of the popular terms going around right now that is is the same thing as rejection is ghosting yeah I, I know you know i never heard of that she told me that beforehand and here's me i should be girl knowing. you should be jiggy with it <laughs> you're younger than i am <laughs> so i had no idea it was called ghosting the definition of that is when you cut off all communication without an explanation. That's horrible. Yeah. There's nothing worse. It happens a lot in the online worse. dating world. Not that I'm sticking my toes in that There's world, but I have worse. friends who are, and they'll go out with guys and they'll think it goes great. The guy says, oh yeah, I'm going to get a hold of you. And they never hear from them again. Yes. When so. friends do that to friends as well. Do you have your worst ghosting story? It, it would be a friendship. Deep. Yeah. No, dating. No, you know, I always had such great dating things. They just ended kindly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. There was never, I really never felt that horrifying thing. Yeah. But with friendships, I have. Where they just disappeared. Yeah. I had made a comment, something that I thought they should know about something going on. Mm-hmm. This was years and years and years ago. Man, never talked to me again. Did you try to pursue it? I tried to fix it. I tried to mend it. I tried doing everything I could. Couldn't do it. Well, before ghosting was so popular in the (laughs) dating world, I was dating a guy. I was his 10th and 11th grade. He was older than I was, but he was like Mr. All-America guy. We met because we both played tennis. And I was shocked that he asked me out and we started dating. My parents loved him. He was just a great guy, but he was graduating from college, I was still in high school. And then he was going to go on to law school, which wasn't that far away. It was like an hour away. So he would make that hour drive and yes, you know, we'd spend time together. I didn't have any idea that anything was going wrong. And he literally just disappeared. My mom had drummed into my head. I don't know if this is how it was when you were (laughs) younger, but a girl does not call a boy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't even popular. That sounds crazy now. Oh, no, that's that's when I realized I'm really old. (laughs) That's just a thing of the past. But back then, like, you do not call a guy. So I didn't call him, but I never saw him again. Yeah. Never heard from him again. I have no idea what happened to him. He Maybe he died. (laughs) That'd be like the best thing for me. (laughs) Because it's all about me, right? It couldn't be that he didn't like like it. No, you know what, though? Because rejection can be in so many different forms. It hurts. Very painful. Yes, it does. Rejection is very, very painful. And Satan knows that. Yes. And we've talked before about how his whole goal is to steal and kill and destroy. That's exactly right. And rejection is one of those things that he he uses to set us up. Yes, very much so. Absolutely. We don't have any clue where this is going, but we are going to put things out there and then we'll come through with how the enemy, like you just said, Marianne, the enemy of our soul wants nothing but to entrap. Mm-hmm. That's his favorite thing is to entrap and cause us great, great heartache. He will use rejection and he will use anybody, your own children, mm-hmm. your spouse, your friends, your church people, your oh, pastor, yeah. anything. When you text 
or when you email a conversation or something that the two of you may be trying to discuss, mm-hmm. you're not hearing someone's voice. So you take offense and feel rejected of something that was never meant in a, in a text. Yeah, Do you know happened, what I mean? That happened to me this week. Okay. Actually, so there so, you go. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. And yeah. that's where we have to be very, very aware and very cautious of this whole thing about how we're communicating. People feel rejection very quickly when it wasn't even intended. We know what we meant and what we were thinking, but it's really hard to understand how the recipient is going to take that. Yes. And if they're not, like I said, if you're not talking it out and you're writing it down, Mm -hmm. I have so often looked at a text and thought, well, that was mean. (laughs) And that wasn't even what anybody thought. Right. They might've been in a hurry. They might've. Yes. yes, And I'm, I'm guilty of taking things the wrong way. So Satan is the father of lies. Yes. And and so what are some of the lies that he whispers in your head when you have to deal with some kind of rejection? Well, not necessarily just you, but in general, what are some of the lies that he likes to use? That you're stupid. That Mm -hmm. was stupid. Mm -hmm. Or you're not wanted. Mm -hmm. Or... You're not part of this. That's a really big one with women. Yes. If you you're don't, not invited you don't to, fit in. you don't fit in. You'll never fit in. Correct. Especially in church situations and, you know, different groups and yeah. all that kind of stuff. You're too ugly, too boring, too fat, too skinny, yes. incompetent, weird, untalented, stupid, unlovable. Yes, I, I mean, the you, whole thing. Yeah. All of it. You'll never reach. Forgotten. Your, you'll ne- you've forgotten. You'll never reach your potential. Yes. Yeah. I was talking with a lady this week and she said the biggest lie Satan uses on her is you're forgotten. Yeah. That's nobody exactly, sees that's you. So me. And then she mm-hmm. was in a situation where that happened and it was so obvious that it was just a mistake. And she knew that, Mm -hmm. but you know, rationally you can know, well, he didn't mean to do that, but then Satan just started playing that tape in her Mm -hmm. head. She realized this is going to take me down. Oh yeah. If I don't get a hold of it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So she was doing the absolute right thing, which was to tell herself the truth. And that's obviously going to be our answer to this whole thing too. You have to start noticing when you're doing it to yourself because it brings all that up. You were talking before we started about... Yeah, I, I, can, I, I wrote this down earlier. I said, the greatest damage rejection causes is usually self-inflicted. Mm. We become intensely self-critical and we turn on ourselves. That's and so that's what, exactly what happens. And then what does that do? So when you start talking to, back to yourself, just like all those mm-hmm. things you just read off, I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy of this. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. All those things, all those words of rejection, you start rejecting yourself and then you're not going to be able to go do what you need to do. Yeah. Because you've just put yourself down so badly, you're not going to have the courage to do whatever God may have asked you to do in a situation. And that's how I feel like the enemy comes in like a flood. Like a flood. And then we walk into a situation insecure Mm -hmm. because we've just beat ourselves up so horribly, feel insecure. You feel like I shouldn't be able to do this. It's just a snowball effect. And it starts to be self-loathing. And I have to say this to myself, if you wouldn't say it to someone else, don't say it to yourself. That is so good. If I would not talk like this to other people. Yeah. So why do we give ourselves permission to talk to ourselves And we like put that? ourselves down so horribly. Imagine how that makes God feel because oh, yeah. how he loves us. And here we are just I would never say ourselves. to you, you're such an idiot. Why would you think that you could ever, I would never talk to you like that. Well, that's good. <laughs> 
But I would so talk to myself like that. You idiot. What made you think that you would ever be able to do this? I wonder how many people haven't done, I don't want to say great things because it's all about obedience, but how many people have stopped something God wanted to happen because they believed that? That's self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. That's a great Mm -hmm. way to put it. And that's where rejection leads. I heard a lady on a podcast recently. This was really interesting. There's a passage in Matthew 16 that I've never understood. Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will Mm -hmm. be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I've never heard in all my 40-something years of being a Christian anyone really explain that in a way that made sense to me. I mean, I've heard different takes on it. She was saying that when we go through painful things like rejection, we Mm -hmm. can let lies bind themselves to our soul. Our soul is our mind and our will and our emotions, which is exactly what you described, where we really get it inside of us. Mm -hmm. And it starts to affect what we do, what we say, how How we we react. And it's just Mm -hmm. woven into us. And Mm -hmm. that can happen when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. If your parents tell you things like you're stupid, or you'll never amount to anything Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it can also happen as adults where we internalize it. That's another way to say it. But anyway, these things get wrapped around our hearts and our minds, so they're bound to us. And so what we need to do is loose those yes, things. That's right. Loose them. And so she describes that as, in her, and what she does is lead people through this prayer process. And a while back, we talked about a little book that I had read on emotional healing, and it's essentially the exact same thing, just with different words. But she has the person say, okay... I realize that that this rejection, for mm-hmm. example, yes. this lie has bound itself mm-hmm. to me, and I'm going to loose it in the name of Jesus right. and hand it over to him, mm-hmm. and no longer can it be bound to my soul. And so she has watched person after person literally be set free from lies they've believed their That's entire right. lives. And That just, is so good. Yeah. I never thought about binding and loosing in that way, and yes. in me it means other things as well, but that is a very practical thing that we can do. My church back in Pittsburgh, we talked about that. I understood the binding and loosing, and that's exactly what it will do. You just can bind that. It's a spirit of rejection. Yeah. It's a, it's a way you look at yourself, and mm-hmm. you bind it, and you loose it unto the Lord. Well, and then the second half of this is then what do you want to bind to your soul? Correct. Which is the truth of God. That's right. Which kind of goes back to the thing. We've recorded 50-some of these podcasts, and I bet in mm-hmm. at least 40-something of them, we've talked about the index cards. Oh, yes. yes you know, the truth. Say Abraham. <laughs> well, Abraham too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have to mention Abraham somewhere in this conversation. But binding to our souls instead of those lies, that's right. What God says about us. Mm-hmm. So as you loose the lies, you bind the truth to your heart. Mm-hmm. And an example, okay, say the lie that you've bound to your heart is you have no future, you're hopeless. Yeah. All right. Your response could be, in the name of Jesus, I lose despair. I lose hopelessness and discouragement from my soul. Jesus, take these feelings and lies from me. You are the God of hope, and I bind to my soul your joy and your promise that you'll give me a future and a hope. There you go. That's, That's just it. like an, that is good. That is example. It. That so is it could exactly. be anything. There could, could be, be another anything. lie that you've bound. But yes, you that said. you're not wanted. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's huge. But God, you said. said. 
Because you know, one thing I did learn when you're doing that binding and loosing, you can't just loose that thing or the whole thought process and the whole thing just comes back. Okay. Do you know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. to fill it with something that's, that oh, you, you right. have to fill it with the, the, you, the word of God. That you're now binding there. The, yes. The, that you're binding onto your life. So it's like when Jesus said the lady with the demon and cast out the demon and seven more came back in. Well, yes, that's what happens. The house was clean. Correct. It was empty. But it was empty. And that's why more came back because she opened that door again. Yes. And then it opens it up to more activity of the enemy because we didn't fill it with didn't anything. Fill it. Right. So when you're asking God for forgiveness of a situation or a circumstance or the rejection that you feel, and I can easily talk about, I always think that I'm not good enough. So if I take that and say, not good enough, I just don't feel good enough about myself to be able to do things or whatever. Mm. And if I don't come back around and say, but God, I know that you have put me in this time and you not left me here and, and there's more to this and I just can't see it all just yet. And I trust you. If I don't do that and I just stay with my first thought, well, then I stay with that the whole day. And then I start saying, well, it's because you're not enough or Mm -hmm. it's because you've been forgotten. And then you add to that first thought of rejection Mm. because you didn't fill it with father. I thank you because that's not true. I know that's not the truth. And that's where you come in and bind and loose. But in order to fill the house, Yes. You you need to know God's word or get some verses that you can fill. Yes. Replace it with that truth. Just say the opposite that God would say to you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Absolutely. And use his word. Yeah. And that's why we keep talking about that. I know. (laughs) And it pops up into every subject. Well, because Because it's the the answer for so many things. It's the answer for everything. It's, It's alive and it's active. It's like the difference in the mindset of all of the people of Israel back in the story of David and Goliath and all the other guys uh, yes. were, were saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not big enough to fight this guy. Uh, yes. and, and David, he, he bound that I am a child of God. This is Israel, his nation. And he right. went out there and did it. The way Saul wanted him to put his armor his on armor himself. On. And he's like, no, I can't do it like this. I have to do it unto the Lord the way I know how to do it. With a slingshot and, and a that's rock. all he needed. Yeah, in, in fact, the name that, of the Lord. That story about um, them wanting David to wear Saul's armor kept yes. coming up in my mind as I was doing my notes in so many ways. And, and I think we'll get into this even some on our next topic, which is going to be comparison. But yes. I was just thinking about how many times we try to put on something that isn't really us. It isn't really the gift God has given us. Mm -hmm. And we feel rejection because he's closing that door, but it's because we're trying to wear Saul's armor. We're trying to do something that's not ours. Recently, I feel like I kept saying, Lou, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. And I I heard someone say that and I thought, Mm -hmm. you know what? That is so right. Stay in your lane. You don't have to go off to the left or the right. You know, you can do some of those things, but I didn't ask you to do those things. Yeah. The Lord's like, I didn't ask you to do that. I have you stay in your lane. Yeah. And his grace, it's there if we're in the lane that God has for us. Absolutely. When we get outside of that, we're going to suffer a lot of rejection. Yes. (laughs) Because God's trying to steer us back Mm -hmm. into the right lane. Mm Mm-hmm. When I was thinking about rejection, because I think in terms of lists, and (laughs) Lou is more freewheeling, so... She's the best. She comes up with these lists, and I'm here. Okay, okay, what are we talking about? Okay, I got it. All right, let's just talk. (laughs) (laughs) We're pretty much opposite in how we prepare for things, but that's okay. It works. Okay. It's like Oscar and Felix (laughs) on The Odd Couple. But four kinds of rejection I came up with, and the first one is... We're rejected because of our faith in Christ. Oh, very much so. And we were told Mm -hmm. that that was going to happen to us. So we'll talk about that one for just a minute. In Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, 
Jesus said, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you. I don't feel really blessed when that happens to me. (laughs) And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's really good. Where was that one? Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12. But I mean... That's hard. It is very hard. But do, do I feel like I want to rejoice and be glad when people do that to me? No. Yeah, but you know what? When it has to do with our faith, I don't care. I feel like they're not rejecting <laughs> me. They're yeah. rejecting the word. Like I have it written down here in Luke ten sixteen. He said, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. So if someone rejected me because of my faith which I think it's going to get hotter out here as the wheat and the tarot are being separated our in our culture. Become yes, more... people aren't going to want it. And that's okay. Because I, I didn't write this book. <laughs> I did, we didn't write it, but I will speak the truth of it. And so if I get rejected of something that I'm saying in the faith, I think, well, you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting the word of God. And even if I reject the word, like if I reject something in the, in the scriptures, I'm rejecting the Lord, you know? And so when someone rejects me or says, you sound like an idiot or you're irrelevant, you know, someone says it to me, oh, I get this thing inside of my gut that I wanted to start yelling, (laughs) but I have to go back and say, wait a minute. And then you process what they think is irrelevant about Mm. your faith and Uh, about the gospel. I sometimes though feel like Maybe it was me. Maybe it was how I said it. Maybe it was how I presented oh, it. I mean, I and that can happen. I mean, yeah. the, the Bible is offensive Very much to so. people, but yes. we don't need to make it more offensive <laughs> because we act like jerks. Yeah. No, I get so, that. Yeah. But I think when we're being honest and, and just having a conversation with somebody, I don't think that that is going to happen. When you're just yeah. being honest with somebody, they want to hear the mm-hmm. honesty. It's when somebody says, well, I just, I don't believe any of that. And then I'm just like, okay, okay. that's fine. Right. Don't you, have if to. you know you haven't been personally offensive to them. They're just offended that you're holding the truth up and it's a mirror and they don't like what they're seeing in that mirror. John 15, this is another passage where Jesus just kind of laid it out. Verses 18 through 21, he says, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. Mm -hmm. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, Mm -hmm. because of this, the world hates you. So to expect as a believer, if you're really walking the walk, some people are just going to hate that and hate us. Yeah. Well, and even there's a lot of Christians that won't like it either. So that's that's a whole other subject. I know. That's a whole other subject. That's really sad. But yeah. In the prophecies about Jesus, um, it's interesting that that was part of Isaiah's prophecy of Christ. It says, he was despised Mm -hmm. and rejected by men a man of sorrows and was acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. I have it. So why do I think everybody's just going to love me to pieces when, when I'm out here doing these podcasts and, you know, writing my newspaper column? It's better if I don't think about how some people are probably throwing their paper at the wall and yeah. tearing it to shreds. I but think that's why we can come to a place... <laughs> 
of really settling in and not feeling offended when you feel rejected because it's not us. It's also to me like why being in a church fellowship, being around other believers is so important because that's where we can go. It's supposed to be a safe place where we can kind of refuel and realize, well, wait a minute. We're not crazy. There are other people that that are on the same team. Yeah, and I think with the Isaiah 53, I had it written down also, and I feel like when it said that he was despised, it says, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. Now, that is really hard. That's strong. When you're despised about who you are and what you say and what you do, and that's rejection, obviously. When you're despised by a friend or you're despised by a former spouse, that cuts. Oh, yeah. That just cuts. That kind of pain and rejection, he can relate. Yes. That's why it's it's so powerful to go to the cross, mm-hmm. to go to the Lord because he was despised. That's like the worst word. And and all he ever did was love, love. and speak he the never truth. Sinned. No. I mean, I can't yeah. say that. They no, might correct. despise me because I acted correct. like an idiot. Yes. But he didn't. No, he did not. His whole mission was uh, about love and reconciliation. That's why we can run to him mm-hmm. and say, I feel so rejected. This is so hard on me, Lord. I feel discouraged and so rejected by what has just happened. And he he understands. And that's where you get your freedom. Because then you realize he was despised and rejected of man. Mm -hmm. But look what he did just for our sake. We can run to him and do that binding and loosening. That's where it happens. There's a quote by Rick Warren. He said, since God intends to make you like Jesus, he will take you through the same experiences Jesus went through. That includes loneliness, temptation, stress, criticism, rejection, and many other problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's essentially what we're signing up for is that we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ that's in right. Romans eight twenty nine. So that's that's what we're agreeing to. That's right. When we follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we need to know that rejection is part of that. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's not fun. But like you said, he's there to comfort, to remind us the truth about what God says about us. Yeah, that's right. We have managed to fill up. <laughs> Holy cow. I know the first episode on this and we're only at point one. Yes. Cause there's much hope in this. So there really is because there's a flip side to sure the rejection, which is the wonderful acceptance of God, and which acceptance. is the most important. Yes. Right. One of all. So hang in there. You're probably thinking, what the heck is this <laughs> thing have to do with hope? But there is hope. And there's even hope in just knowing that God understands how we feel. That's right. And that there are other people who are going through the same thing for the same reason. Very much so. Okay, and they so understand. stay tuned. Come okay. back next week. Thanks for joining us today. If this podcast encouraged you, it might encourage someone else too. So please share it and share some hope.